we're on week five of a new lesson plan rollout, and we were just talking to Michael about some of the warm-up stuff that's going on, and it kind of occurred to me that I wonder how many gyms out there are like constantly rehashing lesson plans, or how many just kind of, impro like we improvised for a lot, that was... Well, yeah, er very early on we didn't have a lesson plan. Like the very first couple of years, we didn't have like a we, lesson plan. We had a template. It was a template. But I remember kids would come up to me before class and be like, hey, what are we work what are we doing today? And I would be like, uh, I would just, I would use the generic, oh, we're doing parkour, you know, like mm -hmm. as a joke. But the reality was I didn't have a plan yet. And I was like, oh, I gotta like figure out what we're doing with these kids. Um, but over time, we, we really developed actually more of a, a filled out lesson plan for what, what we were going to be coaching kids and adults alike. And now we're on to our latest version of the Origins Method lesson plan. Squeeze it in a little method. A little branding in there, yeah. Yeah. Tom, as we call it. <laughs> the Origins Method. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so, so are you happy with so far with how it's rolled out? Be because the last update we did for the lesson plan was actually in 2020. And now we're like two and a half, almost two and a half years on from the previous version of the lesson plan. And now we're into a, now we're what, like three or four weeks in? Yeah, week five. We're, we're, week five. we're just starting week five. Yeah. I think it's it's working for the most part. Like we were just talking with uh, with Michael here about some of the warm up drills we're doing because we're trying to do this thing where we just cover a lot of different skills like right after your you know initial warm up. So for like people that don't go to the gym, that would be like your your running around, your arm circles, your your dynamic stretching, and then and then we jump into like a bunch of parkour skills usually like six to eight of them before we get into like any actual lesson. And right. that's been the biggest change is... They call them like deep dives versus <clears throat> drills, right? Yeah. And I, I think actually it'd be worthwhile kind of discussing what the theory is behind covering so many skills mm -hmm. versus what I think a lot of programs will do, which is to... Um, to focus like like more chunking one skill or one class of skills in a in a week's lesson plan. Yeah, and when you talk about the the early days, the sort of we had a bit of a template, a bit of you know some idea of what we wanted to do, but a lot of it was left to showing up day of, and you know we'd have smaller classes then too, and less less classes that we were offering. And so we'd be like, what do you want to coach today? And it would be like, all right, well, we're going to probably end up spending about 45 minutes on Kongs <laughs> and then get to uh, some other skills. But the problem with that, that uh, initially it was, uh, you remember James Smith? Yep. Yeah. So James Smith is a sport scientist. He's a coach mainly, but he has the most generic name possible. So if you were to look up James Smith, you would probably not find him. And he's had a couple of different brands he's went through over the years. But his name kept popping up through a lot of like strength coaches that, that I would follow. So like you have Joe DeFranco, Chad Wesley Smith, 
uh, even like Jim Wendler, Dave Tate, a lot of, I'm just going to keep name dropping here. Uh, some of these people I've met, some I've it was the It was the elite <laughs> FTS forums, right, that he, mm. was, he was contributing yes. to as the thinker. Yes, the thinker. Uh, and he... He had his services open where you could like, you know, do, so I, I paid for a couple consultations and, and some of them were like a bit weird because I really got into parkour talk with him. And I, after the talks, I would be like, why did I ask him about like training around fear? <laughs> Not that it wasn't like entirely helpful, but it was just a weird thing to ask him about. Anyway, one of the, one of the points that was brought up was, was just structuring, you know, um, classes. Because I kind of had it figured out how I wanted to structure some of my own training, but in structuring classes, like doing a recreational thing versus like more of a competitive thing, we land on that it's going to be mostly recreational. And one of the things that he brought up was, yeah, the, the concept of like, you can't just do a session where it's like you're only covering like one or two things because then if someone misses that day, they don't get that lesson. What if that doesn't come up for like another eight weeks or something? So, so it's a problem because people aren't, you know, getting everything every time. So the solution is try to get basically everything into a lesson plan, which we've tried to do almost from the beginning of opening the gym. Cause this, this talk that I had with them was like during year one. Um, and I think that the, uh, it's, it actually reminds me of an excuse I had at the time too. Because the excuse, and I think this is probably, uh, if you're like a parkour coach and you're listening to this, uh, one of the excuses is that there's too many moves in parkour. You know, you throw in like like flips and, you know, uh, style moves uh, into it. It gets, you know, even more like messy. But you can categorize them, <laughs> which we've done, and you can actually make sure that someone is like touching on everything in one session. Well, you also have to like remember that most people aren't, you know, advanced to elite. Most people are beginner to intermediate. So, you know, do they need to be learning how to do, you know, a pole tack versus like, just learn how to do a tic-tac. And then like, over time, you're gonna get better at that. And if you do move into the more advanced to, to elite status, you're gonna start varying the surface that you're tacking off of, mm -hmm. for instance. Well, another way of looking at it too is, okay, so we, we already kind of alluded to like warm-up drills. And so the way one of our classes will look like right now is again, you do your general warm-up and then we go into, all right, you're gonna do a couple reps of a sprinting drill exercise, then you're gonna do three sprints, then you're gonna do a maximal effort jumping type movement. Then you might do eight Kong Pre's and eight uh, climb ups. And this is, this is more like uh, for people that are already versed in these things, right? Not, not if you've never done a Kong Pre before, obviously. Uh, and eight Lache Precisions. And because those are part of the warm up, they're intended as like not your maximum for each thing. Like we're not asking people to do like eight Kong Precisions that are big. But you think about, um, I just wanted to kind of actually throw this to you. If, if you, because we started talking about this recently about, you know, trying to warm up more. Actually, this was, we talked about today <laughs> for uh, warming up for training. And we both kind of felt that 
more recently it's been important and I don't know if it's like an age thing. <laughs> I don't like to admit that it is <laughs> really. Cause I, cause I do think in earlier years of parkour, I'd have bad sessions until I was like, you know, an hour or more into the session. And it's just cause like, oh, you know, you got appropriately warmed up during that point, during that time. But I just wanted to kind of ask you, like if you're, what kind of things outside of, you know, just getting warm. So getting like, you know, your body warm through like running around or whatever and through maybe doing some stretches you need to do, what's the next step? So what are the individual parkour drills, we'll call them, that, that you personally would like to hit regardless of the spot? Like what are you, what are you drawn to usually? Well, I mean, a big part of my warm-ups are like, I like to balance on things, especially if I, if I balance at height or do something that scares me a little bit. And this is something that, it's almost like you think about like the physiological warm-up of like kind of getting your muscles and tendons prepared for impact or prepared for like contracting, mm -hmm. um, which honestly I tend to neglect a lot in my own personal training. But then there's the neurological warm-up, which is like doing the thing that's not physically demanding but mentally demanding right so like balancing on something high it fires up my nervous system yeah when you say fire okay because there's two ways like <clears throat> i look at it like so a lot of times again in the world of like power and strength sports um which just happens to be where <laughs> a lot of information comes from on the internet in terms of around sport but it's also like like you don't there's not a lot of uh, free information from like, I don't know, someone who coaches like MMA or something, you know, there's not like a, a framework, but, but so talking about like neurological warm up, like in a lot of ways that's sometimes also just like the, um, how like warming up your, your ability to fire like motor units. So if you're going to be doing like a big jump, so it's, it's like actually like, cause you're talking more in terms of like mental preparation yeah but it feeds into the body right like mm. if i do so, so for instance if i am balancing at height and i'm like a little bit scared like when i'm done balancing at height my body is feeling it feels more primed to do parkour because i'm woken up like i'm mm -hmm. i'm like like i talk about like feeling kind of stiff or feeling kind of like not ready to do a jump i'm gonna be ready to do a jump after i do something that's warmed me up neurologically, like mentally, right? Yeah. Um, and this is something that actually like, like um, Dylan Baker's talk at Art of Retreat kind of touched on, and it was like, wait, this is what, way back. Wait, how, what year was this? <laughs> he only did it once, I think. So it was like, it was on fear, and he talked about, I don't know, it basically <laughs> he talked about, you know, the, the warming up of, of your nervous system, like being, more tied to um, like performance than like spending the time like you know warming up your muscles and tendons. Now, whether or not, obviously that is probably still very important to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel much more prepped to do a challenge if I do the if I scare myself a little bit before doing like a jump mm -hmm. versus if I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 10 squats and 10 uh, like joint rotations and all, all these different like warm up movements 
that's not gonna, I'm not gonna feel as ready to do a jump than if I do something that like takes me to a different level up here. Um, and I know like Callum has actually like talked about this, um, you know, scaring the shit out of yourself before, yeah. like to warm yourself up. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think there's a lot getting, of value getting to your it. feet wet. But and and you know and yeah and, and thinking about yeah getting. Well, that's that's kind of the analogy, right? Is like oh, I'm gonna go. You know, it's the same way you go into cold water, or I mean, not if you're experienced going into cold water, you just go straight. But you know, it's like oh, get your feet wet, like test test it out, get your feet wet first, like ooh, mm -hmm. it's cold. All right, and then <laughs> and then dive in. Yeah, well, it, it's a lot of the. the 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 neuroscience behind it i don't like i'm not like super well versed in in neuroscience but talking about how you know if you complete it's like the dopamine mm. discussion right if we if i you know do something small like kind of a, a movement towards a goal that like triggers some dopamine in my brain which motivates me to move more and then mm -hmm. that feeds into the next skill that I try to do that which I make a little bit more more difficult and a little bit more difficult a little bit more difficult and it snowballs into this experience of now I'm doing this thing that is a high level of difficulty maybe involves some strength and power but also technical skill and also mental fortitude and ultimately mm -hmm. my training accumulates to this point of I'm now doing something at the pinnacle of my ability. <clears throat> and I think that actually is one way to one way to start that, right? You start you start balancing, right? Oh, okay, let's see if I can balance across this handrail. But then oh, like there's that thing over there that's at height. I'm going to see if I can go balance on that. It's not physically demanding, but it's it's kind of the next level up or a few levels up mm -hmm. mentally that I'm gonna try to achieve. And then when I achieve that, it's like, boom, I'm all of a sudden super warm. I'm gonna try a hard jump over here. I'm gonna try a climb over here, a vault or whatever. And, and now I feel ready to move. Um, instead of like going through the process of, oh, I'm gonna try to warm up my muscles and then go and try this super hard Kong. And it's like, yeah, I'm not mentally ready for it. And I'm not, I still don't feel physically ready for mm -hmm. it. You know, um, you need to kind of like baby step your way up to it. Anyway, that's yeah. how I think about warming up. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's like a progressive overload component too, where like, um, and again, like I think even having this information sometimes didn't make me use the information. So like, again, for jumping, it's like you don't, you don't arrive at the sesh, look at a precision jump that's your max and do it. Like you might be able to, you might be able to, but um, usually works better if you, you know, where to do like some, just some hopping drills, you know? So mm -hmm. just get like kind of warming up your elasticity to, to some extent. Um, and there's there's also not the same, again, I was trying to talk about like the neurological yeah. component, it's not the same, but um, the concept of like progressive overload, um, when I say progressive overload, like again, like in weight training, if you were to go into a session where you're doing squats, you would put a little bit of weight on the bar do some reps, put some more weight on the bar, do some reps, put some more weight, and then eventually you do your work set, which if I'm drawing a parallel to parkour, is like you do you wanna do a big precision jump, you start with some smaller, like, you know, maybe it's a running jump, you start with some smaller running jumps, you just get running, you get jumping, and then you go take a look at the, the big one you wanna do. 
I think it's the, the same though. Like yeah, well, the, for the most part, it's intuitive. <clears throat> the, the one thing though, where I think um, just kind of like more for me, an interesting parallel to what you're saying is like the um, not necessarily always scare yourself, but I think doing something that requires effort, um, which is also probably like a dopamine response to like as we know, but. Um, like I'm just actually thinking of a session I had on the weekend. So there was like this jump to this column I wanted to do. And it was like a, a splat as people are calling it and then drop. And there was a nice prep for it because you could go up these benches and it's kind of like ma massive stairs. So you're just progressively doing a bigger jump and a bigger drop until, until you get to a high point. And uh, I, I didn't actually go to the spot expecting to do that or even I think I may have seen the challenge at one point, um, but it wasn't like in my head is like, oh, I'm gonna do this challenge today. It was kind of like, I saw that I could do it from a lower stair and then I was with Pablo and he's like, oh, you could go from the top. And I look at the top and I was like, this feels really high up now and I don't wanna do it. <laughs> but then I started thinking this aligns with a lot of other challenges I wanna do right now, um, specifically like a cat leap. And so I was like, I need to do this today. This needs to happen for my brain because I can't just walk away from this because then I'm entering like a weaker habit. But we'd already warmed up. Like we'd warmed up for maybe You're like- You're physically feeling warm. We had tried some stuff. I was physically warm. <clears throat> we had tried some stuff, but I hadn't really committed to anything that required effort. And so in the reverse of what I posted on Instagram, there was like a, sort of a, I just, what I decided to do, so like I, I had tried, I did, there's a step down jumping towards the pool, but it's like a two foot step down. So it's like significant mm. jumping towards this column. So I did that a number of times, but it still wasn't enough. Like it wasn't enough effort. It still had, there, there, there was effort required for it. There was like fear required for it, but it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't a good enough like step to bridge you yeah. mentally to be ready to do mm -hmm. the big one. It wasn't enough for me. And so, and sometimes I think it's just letting it, uh, you know, how much time do you want to give to a challenge in a session, you know? But what I didn't like about what I started to do was just, again, like just staring at it, doing some preps, the, the, the prep next to it. But it just wasn't enough. That wasn't getting for me. So ultimately what I did is I walked away from it and I found something else that required effort. Yeah. And the something else that required effort wasn't even related to it, um, was uh, this actually like turn vault variation that I thought was cool. Cause it was like a, a fat wall and then a rail. And I had to put like one hand on the wall. And like, if you're listening to this, you're not gonna be able to see what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm miming it for people on YouTube that are watching. Hopefully you're enjoying this experience. Uh, there's one hand on a wall, one hand reach over to the rail that, that you're turn vaulting to and so go over. And I'd actually never done a turn vault like that before, um, but it was, I would call it a turn vault. Uh, and I thought like at first I did kind of like a step one and then I came over and it was like, okay, this is how it's gonna be. Um, and then I figured out that I could do it without putting the second hand to catch and I thought that was cool. And then I came up with like a sequence to get, like I was just, you know, you're getting into like the line sort of development now. And so, so it was the effort of putting together a line um, because at the end of it, I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. And then what's, fu uh, there's the, what's the chemical for fun? The fun chemical? Yeah. No, don't mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I had, had released the fun within myself from like 
doing this line that required it required effort in terms of like being creative, um, solving some problems. I was doing it with one hand and I, I started doing this thing where like I didn't want to put the other hand down, so I had this hand up in the air. And then I started doing this thing where like, and I popped over and cause I got like Pablo to take a clip for me. And when I popped over, I was just waving this hand up in the air, like as I was doing it. And I was like, this looks hilarious. So I had to like cut that out and do it again. But yeah, ultimately like it was, um, I ended up giving myself an experience for it. By the end of it, it was like, that was fun. I want to rep it a couple more times cause I'm having fun. And then I step over and I didn't do the jump immediately, but it definitely felt more like it was on. And then, and then I only had to do like the, the preps a couple of times before I was just looking at it like, okay, I'm going to commit now. Yeah. Uh, but that was like, shoot, man, that, that was like over an hour, you know, yeah. of the session, which I guess is what it takes. It's like, again, general warm up, <clears throat> general warm up, which we did. I did a bunch of dynamic stuff. It was cold out, you know, um, started doing a bit of parkour. So you're getting some reps on stuff. You're doing vaults, you're doing little stuff. And then it's like, okay, I'm starting to look at challenges now. But the first challenge that I went to was too much. Yeah, at first, and I had to do like, and so, so I think if I, what I took away from that session, and I think what I would try to improve on the next time is like, if it's too much, because you know when it's too much, and and I think we've talked about also like some people are different with how they handle that. Like some people will, you know, start yelling or start stomping their feet or you know asking for countdowns from people and whatnot, and. That stuff can work, but sometimes it doesn't work. And I think you should know in your head, like pretty early on, when when you are having a mental block, and and like when when just like trying to corral yourself to do it is is not the right way to go. And it seemed like walking away and finding something else that required effort and got the the fun response is what what I needed. And and I think. Coming to that conclusion earlier probably would have been healthier. Yeah. <laughs> overall. Well, I, I'm. This is this is something that I, I believe super strongly in, which is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you, you know, you shouldn't start your session with going to the hard thing, and even even beyond starting your session, you like sometimes you're just not ready yet, and you need to neurologically warm yourself up more. Get some dopamine. Get some. Get some um, accomplishment under your belt, somewhere else, so that you kind of can ride the wave of uh, of experience over into the next harder challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy to get kind of like stuck in a cycle of like just standing and staring at a challenge and then never commit to it, mm. which happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know what the worst thing you can do is not move right now right is to freeze and basically just i was like there were preps and things i was moving again it just wasn't it wasn't enough it wasn't enough and and uh i think i think you can work up to a point too where like you stare at something particularly because this is like a standing jump and those can be tougher sometimes because like you're giving yourself time to think you're giving yourself time for like the instinct of like, wait, why are we jumping at something <laughs> to, to, to sink in? So yeah, just, I, I think, I think there's gotta be, um, there's gotta be like a time limit or something. I'm, I'm starting to like think about this more in terms of like, uh, what is like, what is a prescription, you know, one could give themselves because it is one thing to say like, you know, do something else that requires effort, do something else scary, etc. whatever. But 
that requires like some creativity, you know, it requires, or, or maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe there's like a way to. Well, it definitely does require creativity depending on your spot limitations, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, luckily you were at a spot that had something. Just found, yeah, I just found something that, you know, uh, looked appealing and looked, yeah. you know, it's like something I wanted to do. But it wasn't, it was completely, like a complete different skill set and movement type than what I initially was looking at. And then still when I went back to the to the, the bigger jump I wanted to do, it I still needed to do like some preps, but I was definitely in a better, I definitely felt better. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know, <laughs> like, like I said, I, th I think it would be uh, great to uh, try to come up with some sort of, uh, some some sort of like thing to fall you know something to remember something to follow it's like you, and we're we're kind of in an age too where like that's a big thing on uh, any sort of social media platform is like follow these five steps to be successful you know and it's like what are the five what are the five steps that you know you take going into you know okay you want to do something mentally challenging this session you know you got to cover this 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 if this doesn't work go back to option you know <laughs> C or whatever. Uh, but I still don't think I've, again, it, it's, it's one of those things where I made some mistakes in that session. You know, I didn't, um, I didn't walk away and do something different sooner, which, which is what worked, you know? Yeah. But so how, the question is, how do you know when to walk away? Yeah. You know, and, and at what point do you, do you walk away? Cause so there was, um, a couple Sunday sessions ago, I would, we were at the castle spot. Mm -hmm. It's not a castle at all. It's a fountain. Um, it's got the little like. It looks like a castle. Yeah. So I, so we were there, and I was like looking around, I was hunting around for something that I wanted to do there, and I finally found something I really wanted to do. And then I was like, okay, I'm very scared of this. I actually, I just got back from, uh, from Italy. I was like you know, I was trying to tell myself I wasn't jet lagged and <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I hadn't done any parkour for, you know, two weeks or so. And so I, there was like a lot like holding me back, like for actually trying this jump. And so I was like, okay, let me walk away from it. I'm going to try to find something else to do. And I'm like looking around, I'm hunting around and I'm like not finding, I was like, oh, I want to do a line because so, I saw Ollie do a line. I saw Pablo do a line. I was like, that looks fun. And then I was mm -hmm. like, totally just like, not like I kept trying to like find something. And I like the only thing I kept coming back to was I want to do this jump. <laughs> and I just like really wanted to. And I was like, okay, so I walked away from it. And I was talking to Pablo and I was like, Pablo, I like, I wish there was something like I could get experience doing this move without the scale of it, like something mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. smaller. And he found one that was a lot smaller and I was like, okay, I guess I'll try that. So I did that a few times and then I was still like not ready to do it. And, and so I kept trying to walk away and find something else, but I could not find anything else that I, was even remotely interesting to me. And so eventually it was kind of getting winding down the session and I just started, you know, like, trying to build myself up to it. I practiced like the approach a bunch of times and eventually I did have a breakthrough and I went for it. But it was one of those instances where I tried to walk away. I tried to do something else and it ultimately like it, like it didn't work the same way. And I, I somehow still managed to break through, but I felt like if I did find something else to do, it would have been so much easier to commit. 
but it was like still this really difficult experience of trying to commit. So, so the question really is, and I don't know what the answer to this is, but you know, when do you walk away? And, and in this, in this instance, was it even the right call to walk away? Should I have just stared at Mm. it for longer and just kept practicing the approach and go for it? Could I have gotten this way earlier in the session instead of waiting until the end of the session to finally do the only jump I ended up doing that day? It's weird too, because it's it's almost like something that I actually feel more comfortable coaching than doing. Like I feel like I can do a better job if I'm coaching someone and they're having a clear mental block with something of like recognizing it, recognizing what they need to do, and then prescribing some help. I mean, not, I'm I'm not like. I'm not like 10 out of 10, you know, like yeah. for, for when it works, but I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing it and pretty good at helping, but it's like, I just don't follow like my own advice sometimes. Mm. And I don't, and it is, it is so subjective too. Um, and so much of it is like, there's, um, let's talk about too, like the, the emotion, we didn't, we didn't talk about this, I like the emotional component to basically doing something, doing something that you're scared of. Like you're so much more likely to, to do it if you're in a good like emotional space. So like you're, you're training with someone that you like, that um, is encouraging, you know, is not saying things to deter you from doing what you wanna do, is like, you know, encouraging and being like, like you know, you got it. Uh, but also like, yeah, if you did something fun earlier, you know, you're in a, ha- you're in a happy place. You're, yeah. you're way more likely to do something uh, something that scares you in a high place. There's still, I feel like there's always a mix for me when I eventually hit the send button of like uh, happiness, but also like aggression. I don't know if you feel the same or if it's or if it's one or the other for you, but it's it's usually a mix for me where it's like uh, I get to a point where I feel good, I feel excited, and that was like something that Dylan Baker often talked about was like trying to get to a point where like you you feel excited, you know, smiling, doing whatever you need to do. Um, but then there's also like an aggression point that always seems to work for me, um, where I, where it feels like, particularly if it's like a standing jump um, that I'm trying to break, but it could be like running into something where there's like an attack button, you know, that gets that gets pressed. Yeah, it, there's almost like a line though, right? It's like there's aggression, and then there's like so much aggression that you're tense, and you're like mm-hmm. you're like almost yeah. like. Yeah, that, like that definitely doesn't work for me. If I'm just, I, well, it's not even, um, it doesn't feel like me. Like I'm not a, uh, I don't know, you know, if you ever know me to have like a really angry outburst, like throwing shit and stuff, you know, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty subdued as a person. Yeah. So it's not like me to get like, you know, really animated in an angry sort of way and like, you know, it doesn't, yeah. it's not, it's not me. That's true. Could be some, it could be another person though, you know, could, could it also work? Well, some people, know? some people like really lean into that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like Verky is an example of like the type of athlete that will like shout at himself mm-hmm. and, and just scream mm-hmm. while like trying to do something super hard and it, and it uh, uh, seemingly works for him, yeah. right? I, like, I don't know. I think, uh, it was like on a store podcast where they were talking about that being a negative and, and like, I don't, 
I don't know. It seems to work for him. Like I've never. Well, the, they, had a they also with him, they also talked about how like oh no, it's like it's actually it's refreshing because you see how much he cares, mm, right? How much yeah. he cares about the jump and mm. how much he values doing it. That he's just gonna like have an emotional outburst around it. Yeah, I think I'm really good at uh, uh, giving myself excuses now, particularly mm. now, uh, where um, particularly the excuse of time. Uh, I think it's really, if you can get yourself into, and again, this is like stuff where if it's a challenge that you know you can do, absolutely no, but you still have like, because it's, you're usually fighting instinct. You know, it is yeah. not, it is not instinctive to be jumping across something at height. It's just really not. Or to be like trying to fit your body through a tight space like really fast. <laughs> These are, not, these are not, <laughs> watch dive holes, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's like the last video we posted. But it's, it's not uh, instinctive to do these things unless, you know, it's the fight or flight thing. So like if, if you actually are being chased or if you actually are um, trying to reach something, you're trying to, you know, hunt for food. <laughs> but these are not things we do, so it's not instinctive and so you start thinking of like, oh, well, why do I want to do it? I want to do it because, you know, it's a goal and it's going to make me happy ultimately. Uh, and that might not be strong enough. So, so then you start to like out logic. Like, I know I can do this. So you start to out logic your instinct. But that's like really hard to do in most cases. And so I think sometimes I end up like giving myself the excuse of time where I just know like I could come back to this. And I'm trying to stop doing that because I hate I hate that. I yeah. wish I wish I had more of like a, a now or never mentality, because I'd probably be a lot better at parkour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because because sometimes I do give myself the excuse of time. Oh yeah, I can come back to this. But there's been a number of times where like spots have been like taken yeah. away from me before I get to do the thing. Yeah, and that really like affects me is like no i never got to do the thing that i really I, wanted i have a confession about that oh yeah yeah because like sometimes that happens and i'm like kind of happy it happened oh and sometimes because now you don't have the pressure to do it anymore yeah sometimes there's like a thing i wanted to again it gives me another excuse oh i, I was gonna do it but now i can't do it because this you know it doesn't exist anymore they someone demolished the jump that i wanted to do when in actuality, I still really wanted to do it, but it, I, it gives me another excuse. Mm. I don't know, I think I'm just really good at being optimistic. Interesting. <laughs> I can just walk away from a challenge and still be okay with myself is the problem. If I, if I like hated myself more walking away from a challenge, I would probably do more challenges. Interesting. <laughs> See, I actually think like uh, kind of going back to like getting yourself to do like hard things, mm -hmm. um, Something that I've I've really like started to fall into, which I think is a positive thing, is this the notion of like how keeping low expectations for myself. Mm -hmm. So like, <clears throat> um, I will often like it's like oh okay I'm going out to train. Okay, well I'm probably not going to do anything. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to show face. I'm going to show up. Mm -hmm. to Sunday Jam and just like, yeah, just show up to hang out with people and we'll see. And so basically as soon as I like leave my house, get on my bike and get to the spot, 
I've already won for the day. Mm-hmm. Right. I accomplished my my one goal, which was yeah. like the expectation of like, I'm going to leave my house, get out to the spot and show up at the jam. Mm-hmm. And then basically from there, anything I do is a bonus on top of it because I didn't expect myself to do any parkour. I was just like expecting to hang out with people. Yeah. And then, okay, well, I'm at a parkour jam, so I should start, I'm just <laughs> going to start moving. Mm-hmm. So I'll start like warming up, doing little things here and there. And then eventually at some point, I'll end up finding something I really value doing and I'm very interested in doing. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to start working up to it. And if I don't get it, it's okay because I already won for the day. Like mm-hmm. I can go home, come back to it if I want to, and then, you know, you know another time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, inevitably I... I'm riding the dopamine wave and I accomplish that. And then, okay, it's like, I accomplished that. Now look over here, look what's over here. Now I'm more motivated to like move and do other things. And then I end up having, oftentimes I'll have like an amazing session. In fact, like, like most of the sessions that I have are great. Like I have great emotional experience mm-hmm. from it because I'm, the, I'm setting the only expectation of just getting out and moving around. And then once I accomplish that, it's like, cool, I'm going to go find another challenge. And then I'm going to find another challenge and another challenge. And then I'm going to end up doing something super hard that I never had the expectation to do earlier in the day. And, and it's just, it happened because I just kind of like rode Mm -hmm. that wave of motivation throughout the, throughout the, um, the experience. So, um, like a, a funny example of this is the last, uh, thread that I did in dive holes. Yeah, yeah, because that was like, I remember that we uh, we were finishing up. Oh, we were we were just talking about work. We like yeah. we, we were, were just having kinda, like a walking meeting. Yeah. Well, well, initially it started here, and then we kind of like yeah. left. But um, yeah, and then because uh, I think it came up, but then you're like, can we go? I was like, like, oh, like, hey, like, you were like, oh, where are we, where are we gonna walk to? And I was like, well, how about Quebec and Seventh? Yeah, I had it in my head, like, I need mm-hmm. to do this, yeah. like, in in the next couple of weeks. But there's, because- so, but I think that the funny thing is, so you're saying because it's like the low expectation thing, and I've, you know, experienced similar where it's like, you get nowhere because it's a challenge you wanted to do. It was on your list. So hundred percent, yeah. But. But there's a difference between like expecting to go there with the expectation that you're going to complete it versus going there with the expectation that you're just going to try. <laughs> See, I w- didn't yeah. even expect to try, though. Uh, I just wanted to look at it. Okay. And so, so, that, so my expectation for going into that Even was like, okay. hey, let's walk over here. Mm-hmm. I want to look at this because I have to get this done in the next few weeks because I have a deadline for dive holes. It yeah. needs to come out at this date. Mm-hmm. So I, so, so yeah, we walked over there. We were looking at it. And then, uh, you know, we were, you know, done talking about work. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to start, like, trying, like, Kind of just lightly trying and see where mm-hmm. what where I get today. And I still didn't have the expectation that this is happening. I was just like, hey, do you mind filming some of my attempts to see? Mm-hmm. So maybe I can like analyze it to see how I can improve on it. And that literally just snowballed into eventually we were analyzing the video, figured out what I needed to do to complete it, and then it's I started getting closer, 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 and then I finally did it. So the expectation literally was like, hey, let's go look at it. 
to then eventually doing maybe the hardest thread I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been looking at for four years and like, there was this ultimate expectation of like, I would, I want to be able to do this, mm -hmm. but I had, I, I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't even know if I would be able to include it in the project. Mm. I knew I, wa I desperately wanted it to be in the project, but my expectation was like, I at least have to, to try. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I was gonna try that day. It just, mm. it so happened to work out the way it did. And there was other, there was other things like achievements, like Ascension 2, where I had the expectation of like, like I'm running out of time, I need to get mm -hmm. these ones done. Um, like the final ascent in Ascension 2, I, like we spent two days on it, right? Like to try to film it. We ran out of light on the first day. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I was way too in my head about it. Mm -hmm. And then the next, I think it was like a week later or something mm -hmm. like that, we went back and I, I had made enough progress and I eventually had a breakthrough moment, but that was, and that was a rare occasion where it's like, I have, I like mentally I'm setting the expectation. I have to get this done mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like trash the first, the first day yeah, when yeah. I had the expectation and I didn't mm -hmm. meet it, mm -hmm. I felt horrible. Yeah. And then I had to come back and do it again with a fresh brain. Yeah. And light. <laughs> I, I like, I finish a lot of sessions feeling horrible, but I just, I switch back to being like, again, I, I think mm. I'm, I'm pretty good at like turning my brain around to, you know, not <laughs> like being what is it? like, like liking myself basically. What is it that, like, why do you not feel good? Is it because you don't meet your expectations? Do you, or do you not? I always want to do cool shit. Like I always go out, like regardless of like what I might try. So if I tried, like if you're like, oh yeah, go out and um, have lower expectations, I would try. Um, but even like, I don't know, even yesterday, just going to the gym and it was like a day that was like essentially gonna be a rest day. But as soon as I get there, I'm like, oh, I wanna do something like, uh, I wanna do something novel, I wanna do something cool. And so, you know, I'll go through the appropriate like processes that we kind of talked about to to try to get there, but I don't always get there. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I didn't really like anything I did. Um, sometimes it's the idea of like finishing as well. I was talking to Ollie about this the other day where it's like, okay, you sometimes get to a spot and you have an idea for a move and then it's like kind of like really difficult. And then lately sometimes I'm just like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. It's not, I don't feel like hmm. working through this difficulty because it's not gonna be that cool, but there's something to like, Assuming it's not even something fear, just like, I'm just not having fun doing this anymore. Um, and I think there's something to like, trying to finish it. Or part of the reason is just like, I just don't think it's that cool. So I'm not gonna continue to work on this because it's not that cool. Um, but I think there's something to just actually like finishing what you started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to an extent, uh, to at least have a good, a good session. So you're like, well, at least I did that. Yeah, um, I do. So wait, is that what happened yesterday? So you went out? No, yesterday wasn't a good session. And you didn't fit, oh, okay. But also like, it was But you just, accomplished something. Um, eh, not really. It wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't accomplish anything that required effort. Uh, not enough effort. Not enough effort, great. Yeah. Okay, so that's, I think that's ultimately what it was, right? Like yeah. you didn't. And I also had like a timeline time. too, like it was just like, oh, I have to go. And it's like, I've been here for two hours, I have to go. Gotcha. So I completed some challenges, 
but I didn't do anything that was like enough effort that I left the session. To feel rewarded. Feeling, yeah, just feeling like, okay, cool. Um, and you can get that in other ways too. Like I could have, um, so actually I wanted to kind of spin back to, because uh, this was something that I was thinking about when it came to warmups and something that we don't really do in classes that I actually think would be kind of interesting to bring into classes is um, the skill you're worst at being the key to effort. So like, say for example, I don't know, I'll pick it. Okay, say I'm, say I'm not very good at concretes. Okay, um, oh, you're getting off screen there, buddy. You gotta pull yourself back in here. Uh, say I'm not good at concretes. And so as part of like your specific warmup, which is actually the correct term <laughs> that we didn't throw out here, yes. but you have like your, you have your general warmup, which is like, Warm up the body, joint rotations, et cetera, which we do in classes. And then we have what we call now the parkour warm up, which is like parkour skills. And you're just knocking out some reps of these skills and they're not like super strenuous. It's just getting some reps in of, of the movement categories to make sure that everything is covered in the session. But then you have like, okay, what do you do next? And I actually think the appropriate next thing is do some reps of something that you're the worst at. So if you're bad at Kong Prees, it's like... Sorry, hold on, wait, what's before this? The specific, the specific warm-up. So that would be like actually doing like some vaults, gotcha. some swings, some climb-ups, like when you and name then it. And you, you do... Know. Yeah, and then I'm thinking it. like the next thing is actually do the move that you're the worst at. So if I'm the worst at Kong Prees, it doesn't necessarily mean go find a big Kong Prees to do. It's just do something in that category because I think those reps pay off over time. Because if you do this every session, say you, say you train three times a week, that means three times a week you're doing the thing you're the worst at. And you're getting it out of the way quickly, or not quickly, but you're getting it out of the way first. This is actually something Gloria does when she teaches piano, mm. where she has students like, okay, like what, because piano's boring, you know, for most people to do. Like it's a, it's a boring skill to develop. Um, but there are enjoyable moments where it's like, okay, I enjoy playing this song. but there's certain things on a practice regimen where it's like, what's the most boring thing to, to practice? And she has her students do that first. And she teaches them like to basically go live life like that, like your homework. Okay, you hate math? Cool, do math first. You know, do, and this is like a business thing too. It's like, do the boring work first. You know, don't, don't jump into the thing that you're excited to do, do the boring thing first. But I think in terms of parkour. Because then it's almost like a reward that you get to do the thing that yeah, you like and to you do may, Yeah, and you may tap into that appropriate amount of effort too. Yeah. Because if it's something that you struggle with, so like again, okay, I'm bad at Kong Prix, I'm gonna find, you know, maybe I'm gonna find a little one, a little baby one, cool, boom, Kong Prix, did it, all right, did it a few times, all right, ooh, that one over there is a little more challenging, and you might take a couple reps, and then you break it down, and then you get a couple of those nice reps in, you maybe hit one where you land it, like, super tall, and so you might crack into that little effort point easier, I don't know, I I'd actually, have to try it. So but. this is really, this is really interesting, and I, I'm kind of, like, going back and forth in my head about this, um, about if it's valuable to do this or not, but, my thought process here is that it's gonna be really great if you can experience some success with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, let's, let's say it's yeah, not concrete. It's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, like I'm trying to do, yeah, I, I'm worst at doing reverse vaults. I don't know, just throwing it out there. And then I just not fail to do a reverse vault, you know, like, mm -hmm over and over and over and mm -hmm. over. It's like, then I'm almost like going in the opposite direction. I don't, yeah. I'm not getting motivation. That I'm, not be the wrong... I'm not closing that loop. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
of like of the the effort mm -hmm. loop. But it's also the wrong prescription though, because if you're really bad at reverse vaults, you would do some sort of reverse vault progression. That's first. true. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But and then the progression will then give me some success that mm -hmm. I could at least experience, mm -hmm. even if I don't experience success on the actual reverse vault. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe another example is like a 180 switch on a bar, mm. right? So like, some people like some of our students like yeah. really struggle with this, yeah. you know, maybe because of you know strength I, or or yeah, fear. I, I think the I think the tricky thing mix of everything. with this prescription, we'll call it. Whereas like if you're trying to design a training session and you're like, okay, general warm up, specific warm up just doing some parkour and then get into working on something um, so that you can apply some effort and then use the reward feeling that you get after applying that effort into a challenge that you really want to do. I think the thing is you really have to know about the move that you suck at mm. because you, okay. So again, label the move like, okay, I suck at doing a 180 switch on a bar. Cool. What are the prerequisites for that or the things that you could do around that to get more comfortable? Because again, having the expectation, that's already too hard. That's already like the hard thing of the session is achieving the move. That's already like beyond what we're taught, you know, what we're, cause, because um, working on something you suck at doesn't mean like achieving the hardest thing, at, <laughs> you know, achieving the move. So even if it's a, say you know, we get into acrobatics, say it's like, I don't know, a back full. You really suck at backfuls. Mm -hmm. All right, I would prescribe, can you backflip? Cool, do some backflips. Do some, you know, do some Arabians. Do some, you know, don't necessarily go straight to the move because that's almost like going straight to the mentally most difficult thing. So it would have to be like, if you're focusing on doing, like focusing on doing yeah. some otherwise boring work on, on the move that you suck at, I think could be valuable in this context of yeah. putting effort on something, but. No, I, now, now I'm seeing a, a better vision of it, is like, <laughs> is start to build, like, okay, you suck at Kong, you suck at Kongs, right? Mm -hmm. You build a foundation for your Kong now, mm -hmm. during this period of time, because um, it doesn't have to be a, doing the Kong, but building the foundation, and that's gonna ultimately lead to future success with the move, because you're putting in some reps of something that's important towards getting that skill. Yeah. Uh, it's an, an interesting concept. I like, I like the idea. But again, yeah. it's like you have to experience some level of success. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you, you complete the skill, mm -hmm. but it means you've, like, you've made some meaningful progress. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately, like, again, what we were talking before is like you need to tap into a specific amount of effort to then return to the thing that you were, you know, to return to something like, I guess, like truly meaningful, you know, like doing a hard, hard jump or something. And I, I think it's hard because now we kind of set the expectation of the session is like, well, if you do this every session, you'll do something really hard. And it's not, not really what we're saying. It's like, I think, I think it's again, general warm up, specific warm up, and then tackle something that is going to require effort. Ta ta that, that thing, if it's working on something that you suck at, that's a really good way to tap into that because yeah. it's guaranteed you're going to be putting in effort if you suck at it. Um, and then that's the goal of the session. That's your expectation. That's your, you know, <laughs> and then go wherever from there.
I don't know, I haven't really tried this, but like I think I can think of sessions where this has kind of been how things have went and they've been pretty good. So in theory it all sort of lines up and makes sense, but we'd have to try it. And I, I think it works well like in a private lesson if I'm you know yeah. or a small group setting. Yeah, like thinking about how to implement this into a class. It's mm-hmm. like, well, what if you don't have access to a spot that right that is what you need to do the thing that you suck at. Yeah. Um but but theory, in theory, this is really, I think this is a really cool idea, and we should definitely think of ways to implement it. In practice, a little bit more challenging. Yeah, because it's not, again, as try as I might, it's not enough for me just to show up to train. <laughs> I have to, like, I, I really have to. Um, but again, if there's, like, a, a good framework, then, then I probably could leave having, but I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, yesterday wasn't terrible. It just wasn't. And I, and, I, and I really went in not expecting much because I was kind of sore. Um, it was intended to be more or less like a rest day. I think the trap I fell into yesterday actually was there was a challenge that I wanted to do at the spot. Mm. And I had it on my mind. <laughs> yeah. So again, if you are approaching a spot and there's a challenge that you want it, that you have on your mind, and then if you have like a, <laughs> a realization moment where it's like, oh, this was harder than I thought like you'll be picturing it maybe all day as you're about to go train and I think I was doing a bit of that so I did have a higher expectation going in if I'm being totally honest okay yeah boom lower those expectations (laughs) squash them down make them non-existent then you can't have a bad day yeah or a bad session I don't know it's it's so hard for me though to go into sessions without something that I want to do you know yeah almost like the, the spot selection you know it's like I think if I were showing up, I guess I have too much control all the time. That's like the thing if is I were... you're always setting the <laughs> the Sunday session spot. Yeah. Whereas like, whenever I go to Sunday sessions, it's just like, oh well, this is the spot. Like, mm-hmm. not my favorite spot, but this is the spot. Um, I I guess I'm gonna like search around yeah. and see what I g- can come up with. Whereas like you're gonna go to you're gonna you're thinking okay, it's <laughs> this week is gonna be Cole Harbor mm-hmm. and Cole Harbor. There's this one jump that I'd be I'd like to do, you know, and then you kind of like going into it already thinking, okay, this is, yeah, this is what could be done at this spot as opposed to going into it more blind. Yeah, more more blind too would be like day of. So if someone was like, we're having a sesh at blank, it's like, cool, I'll come out, you know. Yeah, it's just I feel like that rarely happens because most I don't know I'm I'm too. Because the rest of my training, like Sunday session, is like my my like most playful day where like again it should be the lowest expectation yeah because I, I never really am tied to stuff it just it's a, i end up the day comes around and i'm like what am i going to do at this spot today is <laughs> what i'm already thinking of before i get there and then the other days of the week are usually like more regimented so i'm either like doing a workout and a workout's fine because like i don't you know i'm just hitting reps i'm never and by the way like if you're doing parkour and you're trying to like max out on your weight training sessions you're doing it wrong stop it um, you shouldn't be going into every weight training session trying to hit PRs because that's not even really going to get you stronger. If I'm being told, we can get into that in another episode. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like, if it's workouts, it's like cool. It's it's workouts, you know. Um, but yeah, I think everything is is too regimented. But but if I'm following the the plan that I set, it's okay because then I'm just checking off like cool completed plan. But the the session that's supposed to be intended to be like a lighter 
uh, playful session for me often ends up not being. I don't know. I don't know how to how to have fun. <laughs> like, I, I have fun. I have fun. I just don't know. Okay. In the comments the below, fun. please leave suggestions for having fun, <laughs> so that Renee can enjoy himself. Yeah. Um, really. Okay. I, well, I think we should call it there. I guess that was. I was looking at the time here. I think that's like a. It's a good time to call it. Um, I I do actually um, just kind of wanted to go back to like last week's topic okay. of, of the the fig talk because um, we did um, we did have some like comments I want to run through. I also felt like uh, in the moment I wasn't intending to be as uh, harsh, I guess. On people. You know, I I also wasn't intending to defend fig as much as I did. <laughs> so. Let's redeem ourselves. Yeah, really. If someone has listened. The funny thing is, I think the people I was being harsh to, they're not even going to... They're not, not going to see it. So, it's probably fine. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, ultimately, the Coppola dog needs to be free from regulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, you, if you watch last week's episode, you'll, you'll know what that means. Okay, um, I, I guess I'll just run through some comments here and see if it pops anything. So, because we actually did get a, a fair amount of comments for us um, this week. Uh, okay, yes. That's a good that's, comment. That's a comment. I like that one. Mmm, poop pie. Yeah, that was a reference to something we said in the, in talking, the episode. Talking about the poop right, pie. Us, okay, so this is a long... Um, okay, so... This is going to be a net positive, which again is talking about. That was quoting what I was saying last yeah. week. Uh, so sorry, it won't. I'm saying it basically relying on what had happened to other sports. Parkour attaching itself to one of the most corrupt organizations on earth is not going to be positive for anyone except the execs of IOC. IOC needs parkour more than parkour needs IOC. I actually had talked to one of IOC officials who under secrecy confided in me that they're losing popularity really, really quickly and they're in full panic mode trying to find any solution. Look, people who get into parkour because it's the Olympics are not going to do it to be strong, to be useful. They're going to do it to win competitions. Can you imagine how many injuries it will bring? How many broke? Okay, so this is, um, look, okay, this, the, there's a bunch of stuff here. I, I think this person needs to not marry their beliefs is what it comes down to. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree that the IOC is losing ground and they're trying to make up for it by adding skateboarding, rock climbing, maybe breakdancing and parkour, like all of these different like urban uh, young sports that skew younger. I think it's really important that they do bring those into the Olympics in order to make it more palatable to the next generation, right? A lot of the sports are you know, just older generations, generational sports. Um, the one big point I disagreed in there was like about how, you know, people are gonna do parkour now just to win competitions and then that's gonna create this massive influx in injuries. And I, I think that's been argued like for a, a de over a decade now, yeah. people have been arguing against having competitions in parkour, and I think that's just not the case. Like injuries happen in parkour, whether you're filming for your next video, whether you're 
at a jam trying to impress somebody or you're in a competition. Injuries happen in parkour. They happen in every sport. It's a, it's a sport that also is getting to the point where we're really pushing the limits and doing things that are really incredible. So it's gonna happen. How, how many injuries? Are we gonna see a spike in injuries because of competition? I, I don't really think that's the case. I think some, sometimes there are injuries in competition, sometimes there aren't. Um, I don't think there's there was any n notable injuries that happened in yeah. SPL this year. I've been hurt a lot doing parkour. Um, and the funny thing is here is a note is an elite, any elite level Olympic gymnast can barely walk by the age of 35, barely walk, that's funny. I don't know, I've uh, torn the crap out of my knee and torn my Achilles tendon and I, I um, don't really compete in parkour. Um, I just um, have, have an obsession and uh, I want to always be the best. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it so anyway, thank you for your comment uh try to try to be really good at something and you'll eventually get hurt so i'm saying thank you for your comment i think i think we disagreed though so uh <laughs> I mean, we agree on some of the premise but disagree on some of the others uh all right okay. what's our next next comment? one uh don't have to but i feel these podcasts and personally it would be a lot more convenient for me if you posted these on spotify uh yes yeah um, well, hopefully you're listening to this on Spotify, then we'll have, we'll have done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Damien Puddle says, yes, Tom, I got you on OCS. That was a reference to last week's mm -hmm. episode. Uh, next one, I feel like a woman from track and field, specifically triple jump, would obliterate a parkour competition. Maybe. Depends on what competition, right? Skill, yeah. speed, or style. Um, I, I, well, I think their their meaning uh, would be like muscular speed, and I, I think like yes, you. So it's an issue with like talent, and this is kind of an argument that's made in other sports. Like, okay, say MMA. So the best athletes are not doing MMA, uh, and this is like I'll, I'll be specifically talking about male athletes. They're doing football, basketball, sports that pay more and have more opportunities. And well, them. even track and tra track and field, like a lot of the best sprinters go into mm -hmm. football or like something that they can actually like yeah. make money in. So if you've seen a, a, a woman do triple jump and you're like, dang, that is way further than I have seen any woman do strides in parkour, you're not wrong. Uh, but I think there's such a, a mental and physical, specific mental and physical sacrifice that goes into parkour. Again, the physical sacrifice being that like you're jumping to harsh edges that so, can lead to, to injury that don't exist in track and field. So I was in a TV show called Ultimate Tag. Um, sure. We don't need to talk Won. about it. We, we really don't need to talk about it. But, but there, I was uh, up against, you know, a lot of the com contestants in the show where they the, some of them were like track athletes. Like there was like a, like a D1 track athlete on my episode. Mm -hmm. And she very hesitantly jumped across some of the like the vault structures but for the most part she was very fast but she had zero mental and technical ability under the context of parkour structures and having to do parkour moves yes athletic if she trained parkour for a little while she might be able to like perform way better than um than some uh some of our, you know, some of the, the women in parkour right now, but 
based on what I saw there, it was there was so much missing. There was a big gap. She was very athletic, but didn't have any of the parkour skill and mental ability. So I'm not convinced that statement is true unless they had specific parkour training for at least yeah. at least a year. And, and I mean, it could be also what they're alluding to here is is that you know with with minimal amount of training they would do it. And it yeah. And it's like. Yeah, and you could also say that um, a lot on the men's side as well. I think particularly for like I don't know speed, um, for depending speed, on for sure, yeah. depending on how um, detailed the the course is, like how technical it is. Which actually um, we can talk about in this next comment. Here okay, there we go. Um, genuine question: Why is SPL the true proving ground? So this is like a statement you made. Um, I'm getting that Fig's integrity and background isn't good, but the competition's difficulty is insanely high. Do you want to get this one first or can I? Take it. I think right. you're ready. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So difficulty is insanely high. Yeah. Um, difficulty is high in terms of length and that's about it. <laughs> in terms of length and that there are like walls and things you need to get over. I would say the difference and I actually had to send some videos to um, someone on Instagram the other day of like examples of parkour speed that don't actually always exist in, in uh, speed courses. And when we talk about like SPL, SPL is not a finished product. SPL exists for the, in, in gyms right now, but that's not like our goal for the, the future at all. Whereas the gymnastics goal is make the, they intend to make the sim most simple rep and easy to replicate course possible uh, because then they can reproduce it. And that's a better business model uh, for, for their purposes. Whereas I think what we are more attracted to is like, what are the, like, what are the craziest structures we could do a, you know, a comp on? Like what, what are the most like wildest imagination, you know, structures that you could do a course on? And so like the examples that I gave were like, I sent like Olaf, one of his clips of doing like this climb on this really weird building you know, speed, like coming around the corner and then climb, like he was, he was training for speed, you know? Um, there's a couple of clips that Pedro Salgado put out recently where I'm like, this is parkour speed. You know, there was like a hole in this, you just showed me one before we recorded yeah. this, you know, he's doing an underbar with this hole in a fence after this big ass jump. And it's like, these are parkour speed elements and you do not see them whatsoever in fig comp. So our mission with SPL from day one has always been like design a competition that reflects what the best athletes are already uh, being acknowledged for instead of changing the game so much into something that is like the best athletes or the, the people that are being acknowledged as the best through videos are not able to perform well on, which I think we saw recently with Brody Pawson. This is the big, yeah, the big example, the big, yeah, example that I, you mentioned, I think briefly in the last episode, but the massive slants that that the athletes are running yeah. out. It's, it's, oh, did we forget that like parkour athletes should be able to wall run a flat wall and do a climb up or like dyno or like have some type of climbing element? We're just valuing running up slants and then down slants mm. like way too highly here in, uh, in a gymnastics competition. And, and the, on a world championship too, the course, the speed course on a world championship your average athlete who doesn't do parkour, just athlete, I don't care, sure, track athlete, throw a track athlete in there, shouldn't be able to complete it. Yeah. In my mind, shouldn't be able to complete it. There should be elements of it. Um, 
and an example of this too is like SPL one course one. We we had to actually I think more than course one we had to actually had change flag checkpoints for men and women because the the course that we had set up for men was like a certain difficulty where we felt like the women showing up and this is not meant to be an offense thing. I'm sorry. This is just just how we set it up. Um, we we felt that it was like too difficult and that it wasn't going to have good optics to do it that way. So we changed it. There weren't any compl- as far as I know, there were no complaints about that, yeah. and it wasn't something that we really announced on air or anything like that. But this um, is some, I mean, we've had we had um, good feedback a couple of years, tw- 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the women were like, "Hey, actually, really appreciate that you had a different course for us because yeah. it made more sense in terms of like our size and ability." Yeah. But but I think the course, um, and again, we'll talk about like, the highest level of. Uh, you know, proving ground for men doing speed courses and competitions. This should it should be like a roof run. You know, it should have like those kind of yeah. elements. It shouldn't be like just on a stage and then have a couple of little hurdles you go over and then slant walls to climb. It's stupid. So back in 2019, after the event, you had speed class mm-hmm. like work through yeah the speed courses, yeah. the same speed courses that were at SPL and. Man, they're so hard. We had to mat it up. We had to like bring, he's talking about, so we had like, yeah, we were, we were doing like speed class and we were trying to do the, the uh, SPL courses and we had to bring out like all the big mats and stuff underneath structures so that people were comfortable getting across them. Yeah, it should, it should be like a world championship speed course should be so difficult that an average person definitely can't complete it and other athletes will have trouble completing it, if not, not be able to do it, right? Like there's a reason, like parkour enables people to, um, enables its practitioners to be able to access places that other people cannot. And that is a huge element of what makes parkour so cool to me at least. But I think that's what makes parkour parkour is, right? It's like the idea is that we can reach escape um, reach or escape in, uh, various, in various scenarios. So if we build out a speed competition that just anyone can do, it doesn't really fulfill that value for parkour as a sport. So yes, you might find that running through the gymnastics course is a bit challenging to do fast, but it should be so freaking hard that not everybody could do it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, next All one. Right, next one. Fighting integrity with greed. Yes. <laughs> uh, the question that came to me is, are we really worried about parkour culture or something else? It's our business. I understand that parkour is connected with its industry, but if necessary, we will sacrifice which one? I'm not sure what they're asking. Yeah. I'm just going to go to the next one. If you want to take parkour to the Olympics, make it skill comps, make it speed comps. Style is hard for people in culture. In the culture to judge, let let only people out of it. Or I guess let alone, he means people out of it. Plus, I think those are more how people usually train. Nothing against style, by the way. That's not true. Some people do train for style competitions or do style comps, which will lead into our next comment <laughs> well, actually this- quite well. But actually something I want to I want to mention here, I agree like skill and speed comps it's it's weird to have uh, skill comps not included in the Olympic category. If let's say parkour does go into the Olympics, if speed and style are the only ones, I think that's it's missing a big element of parkour. But that's neither here nor nor there. I don't want to see a FIG skill comp, but um, 
I very much disagree that the style is something that people don't train for. People definitely do, and it's it's a it's a big part of the culture. You might not think that, but I don't know who you're training with because I see it. I see it everywhere. Um, All right, next comment. Uh, this is uh, Joey because I called out something he said. Joey really, Adrian. Yeah, uh, Joey Adrian. Um, but basically, it just disagreeing again that um, the goal of free running is to make lines. He also thinks there's a difference between parkour, free running, flipping, jumping. There's just a lot, of, usually a lot of overlap. And I think like it's common here. Basically, like I, you know, I'm always happy to have a, a what is it, the semantics and or a nomenclature debate with anyone, anytime, any place. Yeah, it's interesting because so the argument is that free running, the goal of free running is to make lines. That's what he said. And. You're saying the goal for your running is not to make lines, but what? What is the goal? I don't know. You go to a spot and do like a single trick, and that's free running or parkour again because we're. Well, this is a really good question, though, right? <laughs> it's like somebody does a cork on flat ground. Are they doing free running? Or are they a tricker? Or are they flipping? What, do, what does that person need to do in order for us to believe that they're a free runner? Yeah. I don't know. Do they have to do the cork off of something? Or do they have to do a cork in a line with other moves? Do they have to do a Kong and a cork in the same line? Does that make free running? So there's like all these like, um, so you like, this he, is a whole podcast. Yeah, he's he's put he's put all these people these and I, I don't necessarily disagree with Joey, but I'm it's interesting because he's kind of created these buckets. Mm -hmm. He's like there's a difference between parkour, free running, flipping, and jumping, and it's like yes, but I don't think it's buckets. I think it's all it's circles that have big old crossovers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we tried to draw this one time. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, <laughs> next one. All right. Great talk. The funny thing about parkour is we take from so many disciplines, specifically when it comes towards free running. We have gymnastics-based flips, like you guys talked about. We have tricky moves and style that are getting more popular, like Archie, Arroyan, and Lilu. And recent, and a recent more popular one is taking moves from skiing and snowboarding, such as the off-axis moves that Josh Malone, Denali, and Alal Japan are doing. Everyone should be able to lean into whatever style they love and be able to score well if they have put together something solid. The main problem is do we want gymnastics to direct the meta of the supposed biggest parkour and free running event? Hell not, just like we wouldn't want trickers or skiers to be in charge of them either. Yeah. Yeah, big ol' agree there. All right, the last one here. For videos this long, you guys should add those chapter break things. And we already I, did it. <laughs> I mentioned to him, yes, okay. we, we did that. Uh, we, we were busy the past week, so. Didn't get to that right away. Um, should be on this one. Should probably mention that at the start of. Uh, yeah, chapter breaks sometime. in the description. Yeah, you know, I'll put a yeah. little. Actually, I'll put a little uh, thing on the video. Okay. Like a graphic. I think I made one like that before. So. That's cool. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Please leave a comment below. Ask us a question. We might get to it in the next episode. Like, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next video.